Uh, hi, so here we are. Uh, I'm Stepan, my co-host is uh, Pavel. And uh, there was one uh, podcast we uh, haven't aired yet. That was a podcast where Pavel decided to interview uh, yours truly. So now let's proceed with the older episode. A friend of mine recently bought a 3D printer and decided he wants to make money of it. And I told him, you don't have time. You have a work, you have a wife, you have a kid, you have a hobby. You don't have time for it. And his answer was, well, it prints it. It stands there and prints everything. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, perhaps, not true. Perhaps you, you, you could explain for those people who've never dealt with it that it's not yeah. just printing, that it does take a lot of time and labor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time. I, I just watched a really nice video, which is uh, uh, pretty similar to, to, to your question and to, to this topic. Uh, a person uh, just uh, talks about his experience with uh, CNC woodworking. And uh, uh, he also got a question. It's like, uh, uh, it's, it's machine just cutting wood. You don't need to do anything. Why do you charge so, so, so much money for, for the items you produce? But then it's, it's like, you have to prepare the design. If that's something standard, you just, uh, you already have the design, but you may need to make some tweaks. But then, okay, you need to start the process of printing. It takes several minutes. Then, of course, it prints. And uh, when, when uh, the tool is printed, you need to uh, take it away and uh, maybe to do some finishing work because sometimes the prints are not ideal or sometimes you need to remove some parts of the, uh, of the item because uh, uh, of the object uh, because uh, otherwise it couldn't, can be printed or because of its geometry or something. And then uh, it, it can take, this uh, finishing work can take something, it can take five minutes, it can take an hour, depending on, on uh, the type of the tool. And then you need to pack it. And uh, for the uh, smallest tools, I don't know, like uh, corner cutting jigs, uh, you spend five to 10 minutes uh, on packing because it's just, it's just how it is. And then when you have like 50 orders like that, it's uh, 10 times 50, so it's quite a lot of time. And uh, the problem with these uh, larger tools like sewing frames and uh, book presses and uh, uh, book scanning frames is that uh, packing takes a lot of time because you want to pack it properly so it doesn't break on its way. And uh, it's usually large boxes, so it's harder to operate. And uh, Packing can take an hour or something, and it's it's an hour of your time. And uh, even if it's it's your hobby, I I have to account for this time. You know, I have to sort of uh, calculate the price of this time. And uh, uh, in the end, if 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 I do that at uh, 11 p.m., uh, it it takes away my rest and uh, my health. So you need to find this balance and. Uh, this April and May, it was really hard for me to find this balance. And uh, I definitely uh, would, would say any person uh, who thinks uh, that uh, 3D printer works on its own and you do not need to, to do anything uh, and it just makes money, that, that's definitely not true because there is a lot of uh, this processing work uh, you need to do. And uh, yeah, sometimes it can take hours. 
Is there any hope that better printers uh, will uh, save you more time, that you won't have to do as much post-processing as you do now? Well, not only hope, I, I can see that uh, with uh, uh, every new printer I buy, I, I try to have a chance to improve the processes in, in, in some way. So I, I still uh, uh, keep myself within the uh, uh, limits of uh, uh, so-called cheap printers. So everything below $1,000 or 1,000 euro. And... Uh, my most expensive printer is something like uh, 800, uh, 700 or 800 euro. And uh, it's more expensive because it's so huge. It can print uh, objects of 40 by 40 by 40 centimeters inside. And uh, that's really useful when I print, uh, for example, paper making molds or something like that. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, uh, the last two printers I bought, they, they print with uh, much more precision than the uh, older ones. So I get uh, cleaner prints and I, I almost never have to do any post-processing with these printers. So I, I save a lot of time, I save a lot of, uh, uh, you know, my efforts. And uh, uh, that's, that's really good. And uh, yeah, I, I already know which uh, two new printers I will buy uh, this autumn, and uh, all reviews uh, uh, supposedly show that uh, they they will improve my processes even more and make the work even even easier. Okay, so I was wondering, uh, assuming among our listeners are people who want to start uh, their career in what you do, who want to print things to sell. What kind of uh, 3D printer would you recommend? Uh, well, I'm not sure. I, I, I'd like to recommend something. I, I, can, I can name the uh, models of, of the printers I have uh, in my workshop at the moment. And uh, there are definitely many, many reviews on YouTube uh, and uh, many uh, uh, sort of professional 3D printing uh, YouTubers who uh, review all these new and old printers, and uh, I guess that's that's the best uh, source of information because uh, for every every type of project and operation, uh, uh, there are different printers that suit suits uh, that will suit better. And the other important thing is uh, is budget because uh, uh, it's it's really hard to uh, give any advice about buying a 3D printer without knowing which uh, budget you, you prefer. Because if you have uh, 100 euros or dollars, uh, then uh, it's, it's really hard to uh, advise anything, recommend anything. Uh, there are some options, but uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's a proper thing to start business with a $100 printer. If you have a bit more, there are some good uh, printers, good cheap printers, uh, so you will still need to do a lot of work and a lot of fine-tuning. If you have uh, something like $1,000, there are more options. You can buy more printers, more cheaper printers, or you can buy one or two more expensive printers. If you have $5,000, it's absolutely different situation. So it's really hard to give any advice. Uh, uh, the only advice I can give is that uh, you should uh, 
check uh, some uh, YouTube reviews and uh, uh, make your choice depending on the uh, recommendations of these professional uh, 3D printing people from, from YouTube. What works best for you? Which, uh, which model uh, is, uh, is good for what you do? So for me, it was an incremental process. I started with the cheapest printers. My first printers were under uh, $200 or something like that. And then gradually I started to buy more expensive printers. So, well, my latest printers were not the most expensive ones uh, in these uh, uh, cheap 3D printers niche. Uh, they were something like uh, uh, 500 euros per printer or something like that. So it's, it's still it's expensive for, for many uh, hobbies, but uh, it's, it's not as expensive as it could get. Uh, so it, it was a gradual process and uh, uh, I started with something cheap because I wanted to understand how it works in general. Then when I understood how it works, I, I knew better what, what do I need from 3D printers. So I also watched these reviews on YouTube, but uh, more often than not, I, I understand that uh, I follow the reasoning of the person who is reviewing the printer. and. Uh, I can disagree with them because uh, they have their own projects in mind and I have my own projects in mind. And for my projects, something they don't like would be okay and something they like would be completely ruinous or something. So, uh, but now I'm almost at the point where I'm almost ready to buy much more expensive machinery just to save my time on repairs and uh, servicing the uh, machines. Uh, and the difference is mainly in uh, what you, uh, how much you need to fiddle with it, or is it the technological process, I mean, how detailed the printing is? Uh, because one would assume that for the tools you make, you don't need that much of precision. Uh, for me, the problem is post-processing, when you need to send some superficial parts of, of, the, of the tools or something, and uh, remove some uh, parts that are used as supports or something like that. With some 3D printers, it's, it's easier to avoid these uh, uh, menial tasks uh, and uh, to save time and to save effort. So uh, for cheaper printers, you can definitely make a good working machine that will give you uh, fine quality with cheaper machine, but uh, cheaper machines means that it needs more tweaking and more time. Uh, you need to spend more time on tweaking and on, uh, on tuning and on uh, repairing the machine afterwards. So with uh, every next month, I understand that I have uh, less and less time for tweaking and uh, repairing. And I want to, to my machines to be more stable and to, to work better for longer periods of time. And uh, that's doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm already that I'm ready to buy printers that uh, I don't know cost thousands of dollars, but uh, I'm really at this point when cheaper printers are not a solution because they are taking too much of my time, especially when there are like five, ten, fifteen printers in your workshop. And I assume you need ever big uh, ever bigger printers because you make bigger things now. 
you, you said your most recent printer can make uh, things up to 40 by 40 centimeters. Not, not, not the most recent. It was like some, it was my third printer or something. So uh, I went big <laughs> almost right from the beginning. But uh, uh, yeah, my my latest printers are smaller, uh, but still larger than the the first uh, the uh, some of the first printers. And uh, yeah, size size is important, but with size uh, come different limitations. Uh, uh, they heat longer because a larger uh, printing plate uh, takes longer to heat up and uh, so you spend more time on printing and uh, uh, the precision may drop with larger frames so yeah there are there are some uh, things you need to keep in mind when you are uh, buying a larger printer I want to buy even larger printer because I want to print uh, uh, paper making molds for a3 size of uh, paper and uh, it, it's more than 40 by 40. Yeah. So at the moment, I cannot, I cannot print this uh, size, and I, so I want to buy a 50 by 50 printer. And in terms of speed? Well, uh, yeah. More expensive printers can print faster. It's not like uh, the difference between uh, $200 printer and $1,000 printer. It's the difference between... Uh, all these uh, printers under $1,000 and printers that uh, cost uh, many thousands of dollars, 5, 10, 15, and then more. And what kind of, what kind of speed-ups are we uh, talking about? Is it uh, twice the speed, four times the speed? How fast are they going? I'm, I'm not sure because I, I, I didn't really check because I, I don't have this, uh, this kind of money. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, depending on, on the part of the of the tool I'm printing. It's uh, from 20 millimeters per second to to 70, and most of my printers can print up to something like 100 millimeters per second, but uh, quality drops uh, uh, with with uh, increasing the speed. And there are tweaks that you can you can do to to make it better. You can uh, start your frame for the printer and uh, lower uh, different sorts of vibrations with better coolers or with uh, better supports and uh, all that stuff. But uh, I know that there are printers that uh, can print uh, like something like 200, 300 millimeters per second. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, much more faster with, with the same quality. And they're much more expensive. And uh, yeah, but I, for me, it's, it's not really a problem because it's cheaper for me to buy one more printer and to have more printers uh, printing simultaneously. Uh, and it's not as important for me to print faster. And uh, I assume you don't have to worry about competitors because to this day, as far as I know, you're the only one who's making 3D printed bookbinding tools. No, not the only one. There are several of them and uh, uh, some of them have uh, pretty similar designs. Yeah, there, there are some some other. But surely not everything you, uh, uh, you do no longer unique. Paper molds uh, yeah. uh, and uh, book scanning rigs you mentioned. Uh, the, are those still unique? I know of people who are printing paper molds, but I don't know any, anyone who is selling them. And... Uh, what I think is the, the, the main advantage of 3D printed uh, uh, paper making mold is that, uh, well, first it's cheaper than 
traditional paper making molds, uh, at least for larger sizes. And then it's uh, much easier and once again cheaper uh, to make watermarks with these molds. Uh, so uh, that's the main advantage. And of course, you can uh, you can make uh, lots of different patterns for for the paper itself. Like there are traditional uh, wolf paint pattern and late pattern of uh, of paper. When when you have these you know lines, when you have light, you you can see that there are lines uh, uh, in the paper. Uh, lines are created by the wires of the of the mesh. Or there is uh, a wolf paper when there are uh, sort of square holes. So it's, it's a fine mesh that uh, you almost wouldn't see it. But with 3D printing, you can, uh, you can make all these different uh, funky types of uh, uh, meshes like this Japanese wave. And uh, it looks really nice in paper when you, print, when you uh, cast a paper like this. And uh, that's, that's the other advantage of uh, 3D printed paper, paper making molds. And uh, I didn't see anyone uh, doing that yet. And, I I would have hoped that uh, there was more interest in 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 such tools because uh, I think it's 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 a very creative tool that allows for a lot of experimentation and uh, a lot of making a lot of strange and interesting things. But uh, uh, I have a steady flow of orders for uh, paper making molds, but not as much as I thought. Uh, just you know. Uh, uh, from my uh, geeky point of view. I'm wondering, does the innovation come from you, or do you get specific orders, like, I want this strange wireframe, or I want this uh, watermark, I want this strange design, I want this shape of uh, uh, paper press mold, I mean, how does that work? Well, uh, well, definitely, uh, there is a lot of innovation uh, that's coming from me because I, I love to experiment. I love to improve my tools. Uh, almost all of my tools passed through. Uh, you are a programmer. You know how it works. So uh, uh, some of my uh, my some of my products uh, uh, were passed through dozens of versions. So, for example, uh, my uh, book scanning frame, you mentioned it before, it's now in, in uh, version 4.2. Corner cutting jigs, uh, they're version 1.8. I name all these versions, I have all the backups, I have all the older versions, so I can go through the history of the, of the tools for, for each one of them. And uh, I, I like this process, and I use most of these tools all the time, so I, when I see that something can be improved, I, I do that. So uh, for most of the tools uh, uh, my customers order today, they are at least a bit different from the tools they ordered a year ago. But at the same time, there is some input from customers, from uh, uh, my followers uh, on Instagram and other social networks. Uh, sometimes they just throw some ideas to me, like it would be interesting if you could do something like that. Sometimes they ask for something specific, uh, like they make an order and ask me to make some modifications. In some cases, I make these modifications for free. If I feel that it's a good modification, I can, that can save for future uh, versions of this uh, tool. In some cases, I ask for some additional uh, money to cover the time that is needed for, uh, for the development because uh, designing takes time.
Now, perhaps you could give some examples of uh, the kind of input you get from your customers. What was modified? What was useful? Uh, yeah. Uh, so one of one of the colleagues that gives me a lot of different uh, inputs, and uh, uh, we uh, discuss uh, uh, my tools a lot with her, and she she tests some of my tools. It's Eliana Gomez, uh, whom uh, who was. Uh, one of the previous guests, uh, bookbinder from uh, Brazilian Dutch bookbinder from from Harlem. This is uh, uh, punching cradles for making holes in in sections for sewing, and it allows you to make uh, make holes in all the sections uh, precisely at the same uh, positions. This is this is not my invention. This is a tool that uh, uh, existed for quite a long time. It was uh, traditionally made with uh, wood. Uh, but uh, the uh, important improvements uh, that I made is that this tool now has uh, uh, numbered holes, so you can you can have records of uh, for different projects. And uh, if you need to replicate your project, you need you you always know which which stations you used for sewing this or that book. And for many bookbinders, it's uh, it it appears to be quite useful. This modification was sort of uh, inspired by a customer because one of my customer asked me if I can uh, uh, make some pins that he, uh, he can use to cover the holes that are not used uh, for his current project. And I thought, what, what can be better than uh, pins? Okay, numbers. I improved the tool that was designed several months before. And uh, I, I see the reviews, I see the comments from customers and uh, from, from uh, followers uh, that uh, many bookbinders find this, find this improvement very useful. Uh, so Eliana saw this tool and uh, she told me, okay, I, I'm working on a very large book that is something like 50 centimeters tall. Uh, so I need a different tool, I need a larger tool for uh, this book, and uh, we had a discussion about how to improve this uh, uh, punching cradle. After this discussion, I came out with a larger tool which has a different angle. So it's uh, 120 degree angle, not 90 degree angle. So it would be less tension for pages when they lie down in this. In this, and it was larger. And uh, the larger size at the moment is. Uh, 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 60 centimeter long for 60 centimeter long books, and this one is printed as as, as a puzzle because uh, uh, I can't print uh, longer uh, tools on my printers, and I have to print them in parts. But then, so it's it's a multi-step process as you can see. But then there was an order from a person from Italy, and she ordered a lot. And one of the things she ordered was the uh, punching cradle. And I wrote your, you made a, a larger order so I can uh, send your tools in, in a parcel. So I don't need to print this uh, tool in parts. And she was, uh, uh, and she replied me that it's better for her to have it in parts because she plans to move the tool between, uh, uh, between her studio and her, and her home workshop. And uh, it's, it's better for her to, to have a chance to disassemble it. And then I understood that, uh, my initial idea that uh, tools can be printed in puzzle, as, a, as a puzzle and then glued together by a customer when they, they receive them can be improved. So now for all the modern versions of this tool, 
I have them printed with a hole that uh, has a thread in it. So you can thread a screw inside and you can assemble it, screw it, and it's, it's perfectly fixed and it wouldn't move. And then when you have used it and finished your project, you unscrew it and you can fold it and it takes less space and uh, you can take it with you anywhere else. So yeah, it's, it's a process of constant improvement and uh, all these improvements happened uh, in, in time frame of uh, half year or something. And uh, I think that's the, the most enjoyable far, part of this uh, process of my work for me because I have to improve the, the tools and to experiment with the ideas. So yeah. Speaking of improvement, you mentioned another project that uh, uh, took a lot of pages and which I find to be one of the most exciting of your uh, productions is uh, the book scanning rig. Tell us yeah. Tell yeah. how it came about and how it improved and how it evolved over time. So uh, it didn't come from, from a client, uh, this idea, and uh, I even didn't plan to sell it in the beginning. So I, I wanted to have uh, some contraption to scan books easier uh, because I wanted to share some of, uh, some of the books from my collection with, uh, uh, with my followers or with my patrons on Patreon. And uh, I needed some more efficient way than uh, flat scanners or something like that. And, uh, of course, uh, the basic idea for this uh, book scanning cradle isn't, isn't new. I, I didn't invent it. I think I, maybe I improved on it in some ways. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a cradle with a, uh, with a, with a top part that uh, flattens the... Uh, uh, the pages of the books, and then there is uh, there is an arm that allows you to. I guess I I will better show it. So initially, the the cradle was uh, partially 3D printed, and it had uh, wooden elements, but uh, uh, it was not stable enough. And uh, uh, pretty soon, I understood that uh, it's uh, much better and easier to make cradles uh, with plexiglass. And the top parts were also uh, made with glass initially, not with plexiglass, uh, because I thought it, uh, it will be better for some reasons. But then I understood that uh, there is a huge chance of uh, glass breaking, and it's much easier and safer to work with plexiglass. Uh, uh, but at the same moment, plexiglass, it's clear, clear enough for scanning. So uh, I moved to plexiglass uh, for uh, both for cradle and for the top part. And I think one of the main improvements uh, uh, with this uh, book scanning system compared to all the other th systems I, I saw on the web is that you can use your smartphone, not, uh, not a professional camera for scanning books. And uh, modern smartphones give, uh, give pretty nice images. And uh, there is a version of this uh, frame, uh, this system for uh, larger cameras as well. And it's, it's a bit more expensive, but you can use your smartphone. And uh, almost all of the books I, I, I digitized and shared with, uh, with patrons on uh, uh, Patreon were scanned with uh, my smartphones, and the quality is uh, quite impressive. And for, uh, for using smartphones, I print this 
cases. So for each client, uh, with every new order, I ask the client uh, which uh, smartphones uh, do they use, and I uh, print uh, bespoke phone cases <laughs> for using with this uh, frame. And uh, yeah, I will just use it right now. It, of course, you need you need much better lighting than than this one, but uh, yeah, I, I I usually I have a different setup because now uh, the the top lights are uh, preventing uh, the the nice picture. But uh, in general, it that's precisely what I was wondering about. Uh, plexiglass, uh, one would think would give glare, doesn't it? No, not really. First, uh, there are uh, anti-reflective uh, uh, types of plexiglass, and this one is, is uh, exactly like that. Uh, it's just uh, you need to, in any way, with any, any, any scanning contraption, you need to, uh, to prepare your lights properly. So it's not, not only because of plexiglass or glass. Uh, there are problems not only with plexiglass. Glass also can be reflective, and there is non-reflective glass. But it still reflects some light. So, in any in any case, you need to have a proper setup. I usually place uh, uh, my uh, lamps in in the uh, following the axis of the of the fold of, of the fold of the book. So I, I have uh, uh, lights and sort of two focal points. The light is shed uh, nicely on the surface of the uh, top part of the book scanning frame, and there is no reflection. Okay, maybe you could show us your studio, your tools, your books. Yeah, okay. Uh, one more thing I wanted to show. So this is the uh, what's called the large size of the book scanning frame. And it's not the largest size. So I, I make them even larger for larger books. And this is, I think that's the medium size. So it can be smaller. It's so cute. Yeah, and and that's important because uh, if you put a smaller book on on a larger frame, it will it will take a smaller part of your uh, camera's frame, and this means that final resolution will be lower. But uh, if you if you put a put your phone on a smaller frame, the page will take uh, up almost all all of the frame of the uh, camera's frame, and the resolution will be higher. So different sizes of frames for different sizes of books. And uh, one of the options is that uh, uh, I also sell the top part separately. So you can order one cradle and use different uh, top parts with the same cradle. And that allows to save you on, on parts. And uh, yeah, so wh where should we go? To, to, to the books or to 3D printers and work, workbenches? Uh, Let's start with 3D printers. With 3D printers, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's a bit messy here. So th these are uh, the one in the, on the right is uh, my second printer, which I, I'm trying to uh, redesign for uh, printing with paper pulp. So here is the uh, piston. And uh, in the bottle, there should be a paper pulp. And I have all these uh, uh, hoses and all that stuff to, to uh, connect all the parts. But uh, I haven't finalized the design yet. These are waiting to be repaired. These are multicolor printers. And here are two of my uh, printers, the smallest one and uh, the medium one. And uh, yeah, something is uh, 
have been printed recently. It's a corner clamp for box making for, for miniature boxes. And uh, that's something I've been experimenting with. So that's the part that was printed and I wanted to have. Uh, uh, so this is, this is how uh, larger coronal clamps look uh, when they're stored. So there are lots of them and I wanted to find some better solution for storing them. And uh, so, yeah, I designed this, this part that will allow to stack them and easily take them away. And then, well, they use uh, similar uh, things in shops and stores so everywhere. So, <laughs> or like vending machines. <laughs> so that's, that's my recent design I just finalized uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, next we will go. A lot of boxes because I, I'm packing orders all the time. And by the way, here is my oldest printer, the smallest one, and uh, it doesn't work anymore. And uh, it sort of it, it it cost me hundred dollars, and I need to spend something like hundred fifty euro to repair it. So I'm not sure I will ever do this. <laughs> and this one is printing right now. So it's printing a, a corner cutting jigs, something like how, how many of them at the same moment? Uh, 16, I think. And uh, yeah. And this one is the largest one. So it's 40 by 40 by 40. And uh, I, I, I turned it off uh, for now because it's uh, one of the loudest of, of them all. So I, I turned some of the printers uh, when we're recording podcasts so the noise wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't bother us have you ever printed anything this big it's enough for a self-portrait uh, i know that people uh, are printing uh cosplayers are printing helmets or and something like that and uh, you definitely can uh, can print a helmet uh, the whole helmet uh, within this uh, space uh but i think i i Either use the surface, so when I print uh, something like, uh, uh, I can show you that. Uh, I have some uh, paper making molds that are waiting to be packed. And uh, yeah, that's the decal, that, that outside part that uh, keeps the water uh, uh, pulp uh, inside the frame. And here are the frames. So they are pretty large. And here is this uh, late pattern we talked about. Yeah. You can see it, and there are several of them. For something this intricate, you couldn't possibly uh, print it in pieces and then combine them. It needs to be printed in one piece. Yeah, I thought for, for, for this pattern, I guess I can print it in parts and then uh, glue together. But still, it's a lot of work, and uh, I, I wanted to experiment on that, but I still haven't, haven't found time for that. and. Uh, maybe later but it's just it's simply that uh, it's much cheaper to buy a large printer than to have all this uh, uh, work done so the problem is not only that uh, you have to spend time on designing you have to spend time the computer has to spend time on calculating all the things and uh, it's uh, it's, it takes not so much time for uh, simpler uh, things like uh, corner cutting jigs or gauges or uh, um, 
uh, punching cradles or something like that. But when you have uh, uh, meshes like this one, it takes enormous amount of time for, for the computer to calculate the mesh. I use Fusion 360, and the problem is that uh, it, it, it only uses one core. So it doesn't matter if your, your CPU has four, eight, 16 cores. It will just, it's, it only depends on the clock of the processor. So you can buy the fastest processor, but I guess that's what I'm going to do next year. Uh, and I, I upgraded it last year, and uh, I now I understand that uh, I'm almost uh, there uh, to justify buying the you know the most advanced processor that that's available at this uh, at this time because I need to calculate all these meshes, and it takes huge amount of time. And by the way, this mesh is not as insane as uh, the one I showed you before. So. This one, a Japanese wave mesh, it takes, I don't know, it, for, for, for this small size, it took me an hour to, to, it took PC an hour to calculate this mesh. That is insane. Something is wrong. Absolutely. So uh, sometimes you need to make some modifications to the design. And then this calculation process starts, uh, starts uh, from the beginning and uh, it takes an hour more. And at the same time, you cannot do any other designs because uh, uh, because your your PC is uh, overburdened with its uh, calculations. And uh, uh, yeah, so the the it's, that's returning to to your previous question about what what you need to keep in mind uh, if you want to uh, design and 3D print some some things. It sometimes it takes a lot of time. And there are no alternatives to this uh, software. So basically, well, it's uh, it's easier to upgrade your uh, hardware than it is to find an alternative. Well, yeah, there are there are alternatives. There are there is cloud computing, but it's expensive, and uh, uh, for for these types of projects, it's expensive. So. It looks like I don't have any alternatives uh, uh, than just sometimes waiting an hour or two for for the object to be uh, calculated. This is insane, and do explain that uh, to me. Uh, I mean, this mesh looks very, very, very repetitive. Why can't you just yeah. calculate a part of it and then clone yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's how I that's how I design them. That's that's the process of, of of designing larger sizes of meshes. I make smaller part, and then I uh, replicate it until it's uh, it's all the size I need. I have a sort of basic programmer's education. You have much better programmer's education. But as as far as I understand it, uh, these types of uh, uh, 3D designing programs work in a way. That's uh, the uh, calculation process is very linear. So there is a, there is some model, and the uh, software, it's uh, uh, every time you make any any changes, it goes through all the processes you've been doing to all the changes you've been doing to the design, right from the beginning. Because this process is so linear, that's the reason they use only one core. So. Sometimes it's frustrating that it takes so much time. <laughs>
but uh, for smaller objects it's it's not really, really a problem because it takes like a fraction of, of, of minutes or several seconds okay let's move, uh, move on, on to your tools show us your tools uh, which ones which tools do you mean um, um, book binding tools maybe Okay, I guess I guess I will go to my workbench. By by the way, this is uh, this is the first workbench, and this uh, workbench came with me uh, from Moscow. And this is one of the tools I made myself. <laughs> I had four workbenches in my Moscow workshop, and uh, uh, two of them are here with me. Uh, and uh, two I had to I decided to leave in Moscow, and I I don't know I gave them away or I sold them. So. Uh, the first one was, uh, I use it mostly for my 3D printers, and this one is uh, for both for bookbinding and woodwork. So, yeah, I have this ugly thing over there because uh, in, in the uh, recent weeks I was doing a lot of woodworking, and to save my, our living room from all this wooden, wood dust, I uh, made a curtain. <laughs> this is my main working area, and uh, uh yeah i guess i will show you how i store some of my stuff this is by the way i i also 3d printed these these rails i started with this one when i with these ones when i bought uh, uh this set of type cases and uh, uh nowadays i use them for uh smaller thingies so here are uh, corner cutting jigs, here are bolts for punching cradles, uh, there are also uh, keys for sewing frames in different uh, colors and sizes, and also the uh, corner cutting jigs are also in different colors, as you can see, and different types. So there is angled one, there, is, uh, there are these ones that don't have a wall, some people like it like that. There are there is larger wall if you want to say to feel safer. There is a lower wall if you are, yeah, just for everybody else. <laughs> so all the different types and sizes, uh, smaller uh, for uh, for thinner uh, cardboard, uh, thicker for thicker cardboard, and uh, yeah. This one is almost empty. I had some, yeah, I don't need to show it. And here I also have some stuff for uh, scanning frames. And what else? Uh, sorry, uh, what you just showed us, uh, this is what? Your stock or are these your tools? Uh, uh, are they, are they, so yeah, yeah. Why so many? In other words, yeah, that's that's my stock, and uh, this mostly covers uh, one month sales or something like that. <laughs> so if if I want wouldn't print anything in in a month, uh, uh, I would run out of this. Yeah. And just a few days ago, I was uh, it was almost empty because uh, I was uh, spending so much time printing. Uh, different uh, uh, things and so I didn't print uh, corner cutting jigs almost uh, uh, 
uh, almost didn't print them uh, at all. So uh, the box was almost empty and I, I, I had to start uh, printing them fast. <laughs> what are those things that are on the wall to the left of, uh, left of you? Uh, yeah, they're clamps. And by the way, I wanted to, uh, this, is, this is a tip I wanted to share because I've, I've been uh, looking for, for a place to uh, keep all my clamps uh, uh, so that they wouldn't get in the way. And uh, uh, after living in, in this uh, apartment, in this house for one year, I, I decided that I can use the, this uh, beam for, for the clamps. But in the beginning, I was placing them only on one side. And you cannot really uh, place them closer together, much closer together, because uh, then you can tighten it. Because it's it's uh, you need to you know you need to have some space for your hand. And only many months later, I realized that I can put them from from two sides. <laughs> there is a lot of space for hands, and you can you can place twice as many <laughs> clamps in the same on the same beam. So yeah, just just okay. Here is some. Here are some of my weights I use, and some more, and even more, and my favorite iron. Uh, are these all found objects, or is it from flea markets? It's yeah. Everything came from flea markets or thrift stores or something like that, and I. I just love buying old stuff on, on flea markets. Yeah, another iron, by the way. I, I didn't notice it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, many irons. And uh, uh, by the way, another, another hint, I use a lot of uh, weights from dumbbells. Yeah, all the different, uh, uh, different weights, different sizes. And uh, I use them since I don't know when. Uh, so yeah, most, mostly I do woodworking these days. Uh, I almost uh, never do any bookbinding projects just because I do not have any time. I need to fulfill all the orders and uh, it takes uh, all my uh, working and all my free time really. And uh, what woodworking uh, projects are you working on? So the latest, uh, I think I, I have it here. By the way, th that's that's... Another catch from from a thrift store, this cabinet, uh, and I, I bought it for something like uh, 25 euros. And when I bought it, I didn't even uh, know where would I place it and uh, what would I uh, uh, fit in it. And then I came home and I tried. I have all these boxes for screws, and it fits perfectly. And I don't know, maybe even it even was built for for that type of uh, uh, because it's it's a very simple plywood uh, cabinet and. Uh, uh, yeah, I was so happy it fits. So, for example, this is uh, this is one of the uh, almost finished projects that I had to send some time ago. That's the project that still isn't uh, past deadline. So it it should be a press and a sewing frame at the same time. So here is the base that will serve, and here is the top. And then if I take if I take some screws and put them in here and the plank over here, it will become a sewing frame. So we can it can be used as a press or as a sewing frame. And uh, it's almost finished. I just need to 
glue the plates together and uh, sand it and uh, uh, yeah, treat the surface with oil and it will be ready for shipping. That's another one. That's a sewing frame. That's almost, uh, it's, it's finished. It just need, needs to be packed. And I, I have to pack it uh, before the end of the week because I promised the customer that uh, I will send it soon. And it's, it's one of the overdue projects, uh, one of the overdue orders that was uh, delayed because of uh, problems with the materials. How much of your time uh, do you spend now woodworking and how much of your time do you spend 3D printing? Recently, I placed all of the wooden uh, tools uh, out of stock in my shop because I just don't have this time anymore uh, for, for woodworking. And uh, the first reason was that uh, I, had, uh, I had these problems with the delivery of materials. And uh, there are still some problems here in the Netherlands with the delivery of materials, uh, at least with the shops I, I use. Maybe there are other options. I just don't know about them. And so, uh, so at the current moment, you cannot buy any wooden tools uh, from uh, iBook Binding. So now I'm, I'm sort of at, at, the, at the summit point. Uh, at least that's how I feel it, because uh, I... Uh, I fulfilled all, all, almost all the orders that were backlogged. I, uh, I processed almost all of the new orders, not within this uh, two or three week uh, time frame, but usually within uh, uh, three to five days. And that's more, that feels much more like a proper, you know, work process for me. And, uh, I think for some time I will just uh, keep this uh, like it is because I want to have some rest and uh, you know to to forget the uh, work nightmares of uh, April and May. And at the same time, I'm uh, looking for a woodworker who will take uh, at least part of the work from me because uh, I can uh, you know do some finishing and uh, uh, assemble the the final tool, but. Uh, Cutting to sizes, drilling all the slots and holes, uh, I'd prefer somebody else to do it for me. And I think even when we uh, finally move to United States, that will be the way I will proceed uh, from, from that point on. Because it's just, this business starts to be bigger than uh, uh, something that one person can, uh, can do in, in seven days and 24 hours. This was fun. Uh, I am finally prepared to demote you back to a host because it was definitely a promotion. Sorry, but you are better guest than you're a host. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much, Stepan. You you've been a wonderful guest. Proceed. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Pavel, for for having me and uh, for being with me for all this time and. Uh, we're moving to the final phase of our podcast. I'd like to say thanks to all of our patrons on Patreon. Uh, there were uh, several new subscriptions in the past weeks, and uh, uh, you will find names of all these wonderful people uh, on the end screen of, the of this video. Many thanks to all of them and to all of the uh, previous patrons who, who continue to support iBook Binding. And you can also become our patron if you'd like to. Bye. Bye. Thanks a lot. See you next week.